You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. I'm listening to Ed Cohen and Brenda Brown, who do a phenomenal job on the games. Phenomenal job. And first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm upset because I was looking forward to Mitchell Robinson and Rudy Gobert tonight. I wanted to see that matchup. I was looking forward to it because Mitch has been playing well of late. I mean, he's, he's averaged a double double over his past, what? It looks like every game the past week. So I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. And then I find out he's not playing. So I'm unhappy about that. And then for some reason, everybody, everybody was in my way on the road. Have you ever had one of those days where you just want people to get out of your way? And it was just, everybody was like, I don't know where I'm going. Maybe I'll go in this lane at 25. No, maybe I'll go over here at 35. Oh, it drove me nuts. Nuts. Oh, it was so frustrating. And then the Knicks are down by 17. So not so, so I've got a real edge. Okay, I've got a real edge. Then they make a run. And so I'm like, hey, okay. Maybe they can pull the, wow, maybe they can pull this out. Maybe we have back-to-back games, close games. And then you know what happens with the Knicks, as it usually does. They play well for a little bit of time. And, and the, the script is, is just so... The script is the same. It's just a matter of when it happens. Okay? So either, and I've said this before, you know, you you listen to the games here on 9870 ESPN. You know how it goes. Either they get off to the fast start, okay, where they're neck and neck with teams in the first quarter, right? So they do that. Either they do that. Or they're in a scenario where they get blown out early. And they creep back in, and they creep back in, and they creep back in. And before you know it, they're tied or or close, like tonight. So they're down 17. Then they go on a run. They're down three. Hey, here we go. What was it? 27-10, 27-5, something like that? Run by Utah? Done. Good night. Arrive home safely. Uh, we've shut the escalators off going down in the garden, so make sure you walk safely. It's over. It's done. Don't let the final score fool you. It wasn't that close in the fourth quarter. It wasn't. And so, frustration. R.J. Barrett was excellent against the Bulls on Saturday, was phenomenal against Houston on Monday, was okay tonight. And I understand young players and that roller coaster they ride. You just would like in the last, in the next 20 games. I know Nick fans are just counting them down like you count crossed up off a calendar. Over the next 20 games, you'd like to see him give you some consistency over those games. Okay, that's what you'd like to see. You'd like to see if he could give you close, maybe not the phenomenal play that he gave you against Houston, but you want him to be consistent. Like 14 points, five assists, four rebounds tonight, eh, five of 12 shooting. You want his shooting percentage to be better. Okay, if he's taking 12 shots, can you give me eight of 12? I mean, those extra three baskets, the, the, the shooting percentage I'd like to see go up for him. So that's what I'm looking for for him. Uh, Julius Randle, what can you say about Julius Randle? 32 points, 11 rebounds. Good numbers. Numbers were good. 
for him, uh, he did what he needed to do. No help. Peyton had 20 and uh, nine assists, seven rebounds. Better than he played against Houston. Better performance by him. Barrett already told you about 14. Bobby Portis was the guy tonight off the bench, had a big first half, finished with 21. And those were the four players that were in double figures for the Knicks. Once again, in a game like this, has anybody seen Alonzo Trier? In a game like this, when you're down and you need scoring, we keep scratching our head and banging it against the wall. Why isn't this kid playing? Like, what is it? I mean, why did it, why didn't Coach take a page out of the Nets playbook last night? Atkinson emptied the bench. He said, hey, let's go in there. Let's see what you got. 51 points later, <laughs> they're going to overtime. So I'm not saying Alonzo Trier is going to score 51 like Harris LeVert did last night. But what I am saying is he's a scorer. Can you put him in the game and let's see what happens? Interesting article I read about Frank Nilekin. I wonder if you think about this, if you agree. 1-800-919-3776. I think it was, might have been the post, but I don't really remember where I read it. And it was an article that said the Knicks now know what they have in Frank Nilakina. He is a guy who comes off the bench and plays solid defense for you. That's what he is. And he's not going to be better than that. That's what he is. And I'm like, nah, I need some more scoring from him if he's going to be that guy. If he's coming off the bench... All right, if he's that good a defender and he's coming off the bench, I need at least double figures from him. Okay, two of three for four points is not getting it. That that's not that's not NBA standard for guard, even coming off the bench. I need more from him. I need more from him. So um, you know, we'll see what happens as we check on this team as they go forward and see what changes they're going to make and what goes on at the Garden on the basketball court these days. So that's what I'm interested in finding out. Our Twitter poll question tonight, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. And let me tell you where this came from. Christy Ackert had an, a story today in the Daily News about how the Yankees are changing because of the uh, threat of the coronavirus, how the Yankees are changing how they deal with autograph sessions before the game and other situations. And as you look across the globe and you see in other countries how games are being canceled uh, because of the virus and the spread, the potential spread of the virus, as you look closer to home at schools now being closed and, and situations like that, I was just curious to find out from you at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM or 1-800-919-3776. Will the threat of the coronavirus change your on-site sports experience? I'm just curious. I'm not, I'm not saying that, okay, don't go to the game because something could happen. That's not what I'm asking. I'm just curious. Since players are changing, okay, teams are talking about changing you, how they handle, how they interact with the public. Are you going to change how you view sports when you go to, to games? Be it 
at uh you know, be it at, at, at MSG, be it at Barclays, be it at the football game, be it at your high school basketball game, be it at your college football game. Is this, is the threat of the coronavirus going to change your on-site sports experience? I'm curious. 1-800-919-3776. Off to the phones. Sam is in Flatbush. Sam, you're batting first on ESPN New York Times. What's going on, Uncle Al? What's up, Sam? Uh, not that good. Listen, I want to talk about the Knicks. Not about tonight's game, because we go on every night. How they lose. They're going to keep on losing. There's something wrong, Larry. I'm serious. Something is wrong, okay? In basketball, you just have to be on the top. You don't have to be. We're going to look at it. Half, top half empty. You just don't have to be on the bottom. Half league. I'm not talking about a good team, just not on the bottom half of the league to make the playoffs. The Nets aren't doing this good this year, but they're going to make the playoffs anyways. What is wrong with the Knicks the last, I don't know how many years, they can't be decent. Why does it be the worst team in the league? The worst three teams in the league year after year after year. It's dysfunctional. It's not normal. Lack of talent. It's that's it. Something. <laughs> that, that's it. It's lack of talent, Sam, and it's it's been their inability to try to get the best out of the young talent they have drafted. I mean, we talk about it all the time, Sam. You look at look. I give you a perfect example. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox again. You look at him tonight. I was listening driving in, and Brendan Brown was talking about. You know, he's had a tough stretch here. He lost the ball, dribbled the ball off his foot, and lost it out of bounds, and then he had an offensive foul where it's obvious because of frustration that he moved moved the arm to get advantage to go to the basket. There's ways to do it. Players do it every game in the league, but you have to know how to do it, and he's not getting it done. So, just an example of him, in 20 minutes, he gives you two points on one of five shooting. I mean, you know, and he was good. He was, not that he was great last year, Sam, but he was better than he's been this year. Definitely was. So, that's the frustration thing that you have. Yeah, it makes me think, Larry, that the Knicks aren't deserving, weren't deserving to get Zion. Because look what the Pelicans did. They said, yeah. let's be responsible. Zion's a once-in-a-generation player. We'll sit him out for the first three months. We'll teach him how to walk properly. And now look at him now. What would have the Knicks done? They would have fallen the pressure. They would have played him. He would have been injured. He would have never had a normal career. Why? Because they're dysfunctional. It is not normal. Well, plus, the other thing, too, Sam, and, and you know, thanks for the phone call. You, you made some interesting points. The other side of it is very simple. The other side of it is also because they had Anthony Davis, they had a trade. You know, they had they had a, a big time trading chip that you could bring other players in to supplement Zion Williamson. So even though they were struggling without Zion Williamson. Right, even though they were struggling without him, still they have talent around him. They've got young talent surrounding him because they had a piece, okay, that other people wanted. The Lakers desperately wanted Antonio Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis. Desperately wanted Anthony Davis. And so they were able to get pieces for Davis. And so it's not just Zion. It's Zion and a young group of guys that are taking that Pelicans team. And you know what? They possibly, they got a shot to get in the playoffs. If they go on the road right now, they could make it to the postseason. They're just like what, a handful of games out of the final playoff spot. To the point that you're now, it was a great discussion on first take today, whether should you have rested Zion tonight because he played back-to-back games and you could see the, the in last night's game, you could see the fatigue starting to get to him. All right, because he was beaten on defense. You know, he plays with a lot of energy, a lot of force. And he's, you know, he's not really in NBA shape right now. 
Now he's lugging a little, some little extra poundage. <laughs> Two eighty-five. You know, still quick, quick for his size, but still. That's where, you know, he's wearing down. So that's the scenario you have here. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know what? That's the other problem. So it really goes to talent, lack of talent. And unfortunately for the Knicks, they rolled the dice. And they had a chip that people wanted in Christos Porzingis. And they sent him to Dallas to free up the cap space. And unfortunately for them, Dennis Smith Jr. was one of the players they got back. Look, they got back draft choices, so that we'll see how that plays down the road. But, I mean, they brought back Dennis Smith Jr., and Dennis Smith Jr. has not lived up to expectation. As a matter of fact, he's out again with concussion-like situations. So, you know, it's frustrating. This was your chance. So not only did you lose a guy, and once again, we can go back and forth about it. We weren't sure whether he was going to be able to play, whether he wanted to be here. He indicated he didn't really want to be here. And he had been injury prone. He had missed games. You weren't sure he had never played the full season. You were going to have to pay him big money for him to stay. So there was a lot up in the air. But clearly, you could have gotten more on return than what you've gotten from Dennis Smith Jr., at this point in time, it just hasn't worked out well. Roscoe's in Brooklyn. Hey, Roscoe, you're next on 987 ESPN. Larry, who's, who's our developing coach? Who's who's the coach that develops the players? Who, like, we got to fire him as well because this is this is Knox's second year. Larry, every 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 kid that comes out of college that might be a one and done, by their second, third year, you're hearing about them. Mm-hmm. We don't hear about them that much because, like, we're in New York and, you know, we're only worrying about New York things, but you hear about them in the league. We don't got no one. No one. And and R.J. Barrett, okay, listen, is he a righty, a lefty? I don't even know now because the other day he hit us with, well, he shoots better with with his right hand. He writes with his right hand. I'm confused with what, what we're doing. Well, <laughs> Roscoe, what he said was he's right-handed, but he feels more comfortable shooting left. But he's been doing—I don't even know. What does he shoot with, his left or his right? I don't even he shoots know. with his left. I know he does, Larry. Come on, Larry. I know that. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So why would you even give that statement? And then Porzingis, I, I, I can understand he's doing better in Dallas, and he probably saw that there was no—there's no, there's nothing here in New York. There's no resources. There's no—we don't have the extra, like— I don't. I'm, I, once again, Larry, I'm frustrated. Utah, come on, like Utah. Once again, we can't be Utah. We can't be Utah. Well, now to be and fair, Utah, Utah's third. In the, to be fair, Utah is what fifth, third, fourth, fifth in the West. I mean, they're they're a playoff team. They're going to the postseason. Yeah, but they travel in East Coast. They do. You know, we can't even do that, Larry. I'm gonna let you go, man. <laughs> well, Roscoe, here's the thing. Roscoe's done. <laughs> Roscoe is done. Roscoe, here's the deal. They're better. They're better. So every once in a while, you will be the team that's better than you. This was not the night for that to happen, Roscoe. They're not better. I mean, you know, they're not better. You you get a performance like they got against Houston once in a while. It's not every day because they don't have that type of talent, and their talent is not deep. Okay, that's why they're in the position they're in again, where we're looking at a win total that begins with a one or a two. 
And until they make the adjustment and get some players and we get an identity, all the things that we know that needs to happen, it's not going to, it's not going to change. Plus, listen, if I'm Christoph Porzingis, I'm, I'm playing alongside Luka Doncic. I'm very happy right now because he's number two. He ain't number one on that team. He's not the go-to, he's the go-to guy when Luka's on the bench. He's not the go-to guy on there. He doesn't have to carry the weight that he would have had to carry if he was here. 1-800-919-3776. And our Twitter poll question, will the threat of the coronavirus change your on-site sports experience? We'll see what you have to say next on 987 ESPN. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Will the threat of the coronavirus change your on-site sports experience? So far, 77% of you say no, which is good. Excellent. I'm happy to hear that. A good friend, Wallace Matthews, who was a colleague here at uh, ESPN Radio, not that long ago, very talented writer, said that, uh, answered me and said, yes, I will drink more Coronas. If you know Wally, that's... Perfect. <laughs> that says it all. Drink some more Coronas. <laughs> Watching a boxing match with his feet on the couch. That would be Wallace Matthews. <laughs> Justice is in the Bronx. Hey, Justice, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Long time. I miss you, man. You got me on fire though today. All right, what's up, Not Justice? Yet. I'm not mad at you, but I, and I always agree with you. This time I'm, I agree with you, but I gotta go a little bit further. Your first caller said, what's the problem? You said lack of talent. I can't go with that because if you remember back in the day when we had Oakland, when we had Mason, when we had even Larry Johnson, they were all on their damn floor. Larry Johnson was grandmama over there in Charlotte. Over here, he can't dunk. Xavier McDaniels, he was in the Sonic, he was killing them. Justice. Smith, the Clippers. Yes, sir. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Who on this team is better than Larry Johnson when he was here in 99? Nobody. And I Case closed. <laughs> no, no, it's not closed, though, Larry. The only reason why I say, I that, the only reason why I say it's not closed is because you do have young talent, but I'm, I'm thinking more of, yo, they used the best of what they had. We had Starks looking like a star. He came from the supermarket. It wasn't like they was the greatest. Even if I'm Pat Ewing, at that time when we went to the chip in Houston, he was on the down floor. Remember, he's playing against um, Elijah on the Robinson. Yeah, but Justice, what, you, what you're missing here, my friend, and I understand what you're saying, but here's what you're missing. You had with Patrick Ewing, you had one of the fifty greatest players. So you had you had guys that you could. He was the focus. Okay, so you had guys that you could. You had guys that you could complement. And he and he really didn't have the help he needed. But he had guys who could complement him better. You had guys like who shoot who on this team rebounds like Charles Oakley, shoots like Charles Oakley. So that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying to you, Justice. Part of it is talent. You got to be able to have some talent. The young kids are ready, and you no, and, the, and the middle and the middle folks, the middle folks who you brought in, not getting the job done. 
You're very right. But I also think there's a problem on the bench because at that time, Pat Riley made you just go into your stomach and give me whatever you had, whatever it was. You made you with Davis looking like a beautiful man. You understand know what I'm saying? Like, we need some better bench. Like, somebody to, like, the other, the other caller said development, coaching. We need, like, some molding up in here, some real molding. I do agree with you with the talent, but I think if you put it together and you get an army of, of soldiers, man, we can do this, man. I, I'm still not knocking us down. I'm still not knocking us down. Well, I, I will agree with this. I will agree with you here, Justice. Uh, Pat Riley is a heck of a coach. Okay, he's a Hall of Fame coach who came in with rings. And so when he came in with rings, he gave the team an identity. All right. And he looked at this team and he said, hmm, this is not exactly the Showtime Lakers with uh, Magic and Worthy and Kareem and Norm Nixon and Byron Scott and those crew. It's not exactly that. This is a hardcore physical type team that I always hated to play against when we faced the Boston Celtics with Parrish, McHale, Bird, etc., Danny Ainge and crew. So now, hmm, here's what I can do. I can now play that physical type game. So yeah, you give Pat Riley credit because he was able to look at what he had and said, all right, I'm not going to force them to play my style. I'm going to develop a style that they, I'm going to give them plays that they, that fits what they can do. So yeah, you give Pat Riley credit there. But I'm telling you, talent helps you. It just does. It just does. It really, really helps you. D. Wills in Harlem. D. Will, you're next on 98.7. Why is Alonzo Trier in the witness protection program? Whose who's daughter did he go out with and impregnate or whatever? What's going on? They haven't explained to us why this kid's not playing. He's the most... Larry, my brother, it's been a while. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, D. Will. What's happening, partner? Listen, just got in from the game, so forgive me. Before I even start on on my uh, real reason for calling you, Mm -hmm. have you spoken to Allen and Wally yet? No, I have not. Listen, do me a solid. I met them both tonight. Oh, yeah? Down in the club room area. Yeah, I had some tickets I had never had in all my years of going to the garden. A friend of mine was a coach, and long story short, had tickets. I'm down in the club area, all-inclusive. I stopped by the table and spoke to both of them. Tell them, yo, and I'm not the groupie type of cat. Uh-huh. I know a lot, a lot of celebs. And I hear you. met a number of people, but it's all good. But tell them, they'll remember, because Wally broke a smile, because I had the nerve to say, Thank you for your service. Like he was. Oh, <laughs> okay. He remember that. Listen. Yes. By, by one quick thing, my uh-huh. brother. Please, somebody tell me why is Alonzo Trier in the witness protection program? Whose whose daughter did he go out with it and impregnate or whatever? What's going on? They haven't explained to us why this kid's not playing. He's the most gifted offensive player on the team, arguably. Am I correct? Yeah, he's on one the, of the top on the ones, team. especially in the yeah. backcourt. He can hit a jumper. He yep. can go to the hoop. Yep. I, I watched the game all night, sitting there in the third row, right, close enough to see the coaches sweat. Mm-hmm. And my God, these guys—it's—it's it's a shame. It was—it was a clinic. Utah could have beat them easily by twenty-five points. Yeah, you know they won easily. No sweat. It's no question. Mike, you, Con- you- Mike Connolly. Come on, that old school below the rim game, it's killing them. And you know what what you appreciate about them, D. Will, and thanks for the phone call, is when you look at Utah, 
man, the ball movement is just incredible. They just pass the ball. They because that's their identity. They've played. They have great chemistry. They've played alongside each other for a while. So what they're doing very simply is they just they just know where everybody is. It's just, it's it's for a basketball purist. It's fun to watch. It really is. Um, if you're a Nick fan, you're like, why can't my team do that? Why why, why can't why can't my team? Tamar's in Jersey. Tamar, you're next on 98.7. It's actually tomorrow. But hey, hey tomorrow. I'm fine. Hey, I want to know who's in charge of developing these players. That's that's the key to it forever, for, for years. Yep. That's been the problem with the Knicks. Whoever, since Tony Douglas. Like, wow. nobody, they get in the Knicks <laughs> and they just stay there. And they don't, they don't get no better. Sometimes they leave, they end up getting better, or they just don't hear from them anymore. Well, the person that's in, in charge of development uh, tomorrow goes from, you know, it, it depends on who who is who's the coach who's coaching at that time. Thanks for the phone call. And see, that's why for me, and I don't know the intricacies of it. I, I, I understand that you know it would probably be tough for the ego, but for me, it's very simple. Take the baseball route. Send them down to the G League. I mean, we've said it before. Send them down to the G League. You mean to tell me that, you know, uh, Kevin Knox wouldn't have gotten better a couple of games down in the G League so he could get his mind right? And when he comes back, hey, guess what? You need to work harder. Otherwise, we're going to send you back down there. So because they're running the same offense, the, the offense is the same as the parent club. Why don't they do that? That would be great. So even if you're having trouble developing them, at least they're getting playing time down in the G League where they're not killing you. <laughs> they're performing. They're getting better. And then you bring them back up and you watch them and see how they get better. And you coach them up as they come back. I mean, that's what I would do with them. A bunch of these guys need to be sent to the G League. And let them get playing time and let them start. Let them do whatever needs to be done. And let's see what happens. And then bring them back and see and watch the development and see if they improve. Does it take longer for some players to adjust from college to the NBA? Yes, it does. I understand that. I do. I get it. Everybody's not on the same curve. Everybody comes from different offenses. Everybody has different programs. Some highlight them. They fit the program purpose per- perfectly. And then when you bring them to the NBA, it's a faster game. It's more physical. And sometimes guys just don't have that opportunity to do well. And when and they come from being the big man on campus, coming up to the NBA where they're just another guy who can't get his jumper off, or just another guy who was dominating in college, but now at the next level, okay, not so much. So it's an adjustment. But when you see a guy like Kevin Knox perform the way he did last year, and you see how he's performing this year, and there's definitely a drop-off, and you see his confidence dropping, He's not going to get better that way. Send him down. Let him get some playing time. Let him have some success. That's what they do in Major League Baseball, right? A guy struggling, you send him down. The beginning of the season, pitcher struggling, you send him down. Sometimes you leave him down, they don't come up. Until 
you get into a rhythm of games and you got a pattern in the games or injury, you bring them up and you see what they can do. I really think that I really think the Knicks should use their G League team more than they do. As far as shuttling players back and forth, especially a year like this, where once again you're in the position where you're looking to see who has what. Who are we going to keep? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We'll get to you on the phones in a second. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Before we get to our top stories. In today's installment of As the Houston Astros Turn. So today, the New York Yankees met with player rep, player union rep, Tony Clark. And the union head listened to the team for three hours plus. And one player, unnamed, said the meeting was, quote, heated at times, unquote. Why were they upset? Because no Astros players were punished. And now all of baseball is paying for it. Here's a quote. This is from uh, the Daily News account. There was a little bit, but I'd like not to get into what we talked about in the meeting with the guys. It was not a lot, to be honest with you. According to a union rep, Zach Britton, the stance of the guys pretty much in here is more frustration with the MLB in the commissioner's office on the handling of that. Britton said union is not privy to all the information, so there's not a lot of transparency. So, growing concern about the fallout from the Astros illegally stealing signs through video. All <laughs> oh, stay tuned. There's going to be more. Now, here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. The top story of the day, unfortunately, a loss for the Knicks. So what else is new? They lose to the Utah Jazz in the game you heard here on 98.7 ESPN. They lose by the score of 112 to 104. Last night, as we left you, we told you about an unbelievable game by the Brooklyn Nets as they scored 62 points, okay, 6-2 in the fourth quarter and the overtime. The key guy, Karis LeVert. Yeah, they believed in me all night, um, and I just tried to take it one possession at a time. Here in Boston, it's not easy to win and, and, and do that here. You guys went in there with it. You were the only starter in that fourth quarter. What was it about playing with that group down the stretch? They were hungry, man. Those guys put in the work every single day. Every single morning, we see the work they put in, um, and they were ready to go, as you saw. And Without them, we probably wouldn't have got back in the game. That was last night. Tonight, unfortunately, probably still winded by what happened with the uh, with their brilliant performance last night. They ran into a Grizzlies team that was on fire tonight. Nets lose one eighteen seventy nine, and the folks in the Barclays Center were very unkind to their local heroes. They were uh, very vociferous in their lack of performance. Also, is our top story of the day. 
We go back to Major League Baseball. And guess what? They have proposed banning player access to video during games. This is according to, once again, Yankee pitcher Zach Britton. But the union wants to allow it with protections that will prevent catcher signs from being visible. So once again, we knew that Major League Baseball was talking about doing some things and trying to make sure that their video would not be available. Well, that's not the case. Right now, MLB's proposal would be like a blackout. There would be no access, according to Britain. That's a pretty extreme stance because of one team that everyone else is punished. So hopefully, the Players Association wants them to find a rule where the players can be able to use the video because this is what they do. And the players have talked about it all through spring training, that they love going into checking each at bat, seeing what they do. As a matter of fact, Aaron Judge was very clear. He says, "I people can stand behind me to make sure that I'm looking at what I'm supposed to be looking at and not looking at trying to steal signs or anything, but I want to be able to continue to improve on my swing and seeing the adjustments I can make to the pitchers and how the ball is coming out of their hands. Oh, it's going to be a long season. Those are our top stories of the day here on 98.7 ESPN, ESPN New York tonight. Let's get back to you on the phones. 1-800-919-3776 plus on Twitter. Our Twitter poll question of the night with the idea of so many things happening. Uh, the Yankees are adjusting how they do autographs because of the coronavirus. We've seen teams across the countries, uh, out of this country, you know, canceling games because of the threat of the virus. We're seeing local schools canceling games because of the threat of the virus because maybe there's somebody that has been, you know, possibly being tested for the virus. So I wanted to find out from you at Hardest to ESPN, that ESPN NY 90 underscore 7 FM. Will the threat of the coronavirus change your on-site sports experience? We'll update you shortly. Mike's in Queens. What's up, Mike? Good evening, Larry. I'm all right, Mike. What's going on? Uh, well, to answer your poll question, uh, I could care less. I really... Me personally, whatever happens, I'm good. Uh, the Knicks, uh, speaking of, of a disaster, uh, Larry, they just can't seem to, to develop any of their players. They just, uh, three years on the bench, they should have known what they got in the Nilakina. Phil should have known that he's not going to be an offensive player. It was a bad draft pick. They just can't develop Kevin Knox. Is still lost. Uh, they just—it's the—it's the scouting, the GM, the coach. They just—the they, young guys just don't, don't reach, the, reach their full potential, and you're not going to win like that. So they need to figure out how to get the most out of their team because right now they're getting nothing. Well, Mike, hopefully, as a Nick fan. And thanks for the phone call. Hopefully, what they'll do is, with this new group, we'll figure out something that changes. Because right now, what what has been done previously, simply not working. It's simply not. It just doesn't. Look at the... As I told you guys, I was at the game Saturday. My wife and I were at the game. She's hilarious, by the way. Her comments on the Knicks would be <laughs> fascinating on the air. <laughs> but I'm looking up in the banner, in the roof, in the rafters. Atlantic Division champions... 2013. It's the last time they were. It's the last time they were over 500. They've been over 500 in seven years. 
seven years. The following year, they were thirty. They had won thirty-three games. And it's been all downhill since. All downhill. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. We can talk a little bit about this Major League Baseball situation now because, okay, what are they going to do to the video? So we know that the videos, that teams have been using the videos and the Major League Baseball's video package so they can help overturn calls and stuff. So it's right there. It's right by the dugout. Okay, perfect. So players go in there and they look and they check and see what's going with the batting swing and the pitching and all the other stuff. And so Major League Baseball's like, no, 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 no. You're not using this no more. No. Sorry. We're gonna, they're gonna, we're gonna be like the NBA and the NHL. You have to call Chelsea, and we'll look at it here. We don't need no videos there. And teams are like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait up, hold up. How the song go? Hold up, wait a minute. Not doing that. We want to be able to continue doing what we're doing. This is our system, okay? If you want to post a guard here, you can post a guard here. But we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to not do our due diligence to make sure that we do what's in the rules. And oh, by the way, we didn't break the rules. Why are we being penalized? It's crazy. It really, really is crazy. Jerome's in Connecticut. Hey, Jerome, you're next on 987 ESPN. How you doing? I'm all right, Jerome. I feel your pain on the Knicks, now, and I um, I agree with your opinion on the development. Now, my opinion with the Knicks, they at they need help at point guard. They need help at um, power forward. And I'll be watching college basketball, and it's the University of Dayton and the University of Kentucky. They got um, a player that would be look good in New York uniform, like um, for Dayton, right? The power forward. Top, his name Topman, and for Kentucky the point guard Macy, mm-hmm. and for in a, and for um, and University of um, um, Maryland they got the power forward Smith. Uh huh. I want I also want to hear your opinion. How would you think they were looking in the uh, in uniform? Jerome, um, thanks for the phone call. I haven't really seen them to be honest with you, so I can't really give you a. Uh, an, an analysis or an evaluation on them. I tell you who I have seen and who I would love to have here. And that is Greg Anthony's son. Point guard at the University of North Carolina. I would love to have him here. Love to have him here. And you're right. They de- they desperately need a point guard and have needed a point guard for a long time. So that would, that would be the start of the change. But yeah, they do need some help up front, uh, a little better help up front, because listen, I mean, when you look at this team, <laughs> there's, there's so many forwards on here. It's like, everybody's a forward. <laughs> everybody's a forward. But they got, they got 105 forwards on this squad. So it was kind of, the way it was put together, it was kind of put together weird. And you understand what they were trying to do. They had to do some changes at the last minute, so we get it. But listen, uh, they need they need the help in a lot of places, a lot of places, and I'll be I'll be excited to see uh, what they're going to replace the veterans who got the one year contract this year with. Okay, because for me, 
um, all of them can go. They all can go. All of them. Bye. Hi, Trey. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. This entails the problem, Larry. Let's mm-hmm. just get right into it. This mm-hmm. entails the problem. Mm-hmm. This roster was put together, just like you just said, 105 forward. Okay? We barely have a point guard. We have a backup point guard running this team. Okay? But, Larry, for the umpteenth time, we knew this already. So, Justice, I feel you, bro. God bless, I feel you. I I understand. You know, I I get it. We got to put this in perspective. And Larry Hardesty is telling y'all, and I don't know if it's getting through all the way, we have no talent here. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Nope. <laughs> we just like my man Chris Canty says, we have a team full of Jags. Just another guy. That's who they are. You know, we have to come to grips with that. You know, Knox isn't going to get better all of a sudden. No, nope. he's going to get better on a, on another team. You know what I'm saying? That that's probably going to happen. Or a you different know, coach, Trey. I mean, a different or, coach. Maybe because I don't maybe. know what these guys are doing, but you know, maybe he's a guy that you know what. And and it's always funny, and and it's a tough situation for Miller because, and I know they're young players and they shouldn't think this way, but right. they listen to how veterans talk. And come right. on, Trey, these veterans know. Well, I'm not I'm not busting my butt for this guy. He's not going to be here. Yeah, it's, he's not I mean, coming like back. Said, it's, yeah, it's you know what I'm saying. He's not tough. coming back. So how how do you criticize? How do you hold them accountable? He's going to be here. You, the coach, not probably not going to be here. You you know when it's tough, Larry, and you've been in NBA locker rooms. You know when it's tough when you're sitting around and you're hearing dudes making plans for the summer. Yep. In, in February. And you know it Oh, come on, man. They did, they did that here. They did that here at Christmas. Oh, Larry, exactly. <laughs> they, 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 they were planning that since New Year's. <laughs> New Year's Eve, they're like, hey, hey, hey Trey, in December, they're like, listen, this is what we're doing New Year's Eve. And then, okay, we got this golf out in, in April. We good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And, and, I will. I will tell you. I took umbrage with the uh, list that came out with the the tw- under was it the under twenty five or the uh, twenty five and under? I guess uh-huh. that came out. Yeah. How the hell did Michael Porter uh, the, the, the uh, Porter Junior get on that list and Mitch Rob didn't get on that list? Because because of where Mitch Rob is playing. Oh man, that's that. I guess so. Hey, I guess that's good for Nick fans. That means he's going to be here for a while. If he's gonna, if he ain't going to get better, yeah, that means he's going to be here for a while with, with the rest of us. You know what I mean? So I don't understand that. I thought that was crazy. Um, no, you're right. It is crazy. And and to be honest, I think part of it is because when you, if you honestly look, Trey at Mitchell Robinson's game, here's the frustrating thing you have about it that he's finally turned around. He don't stay on the floor long enough. Nah, he doesn't, man. See the foul trouble, the bad. Decision. Decision making, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So finally, of, of the and that's why you see his numbers are better recently because he's been able to stay on the floor. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's got to get a little more discipline in that. Um, I hope he was watching Rudy Gobert tonight because um, that that should be him. Yep. Soon. 
Yep. You know what I mean? That should be him soon. You know, uh, I think he's only going to get better. He looks like he just needs a summer with some. You know, we already we spoke about this. Yeah. A summer with somebody credible to yep. teach him how to be a big man because I'm pretty sure, like you said, that, man, we know the fish right from the head down, Larry. Mm-hmm. It's scouting. It's coaching. That's why this hodgepodge team was put together because these people up front don't know what they're doing. They're walking around with Nick t-shirts on and hoodies and sneakers and they really don't know what they're doing. They put a team together that this is this team is going to be, this is not, that's why justice don't get mad with this team. This team is not going to be the same team next year. It's going to be 12 different dudes probably. Well, nine. Nine different guys next year. You know what I mean? It's not going to be the same. So I, hope I, so I don't even want to get. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even want to get comfortable with them guys like caring about them. Like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. I don't want to get comfortable. I'm take the jerseys at the pro shops. Take them <laughs> off the streets. The bootleggers. Make sure you spell Kevin Knox's name wrong. You know what I'm saying? Get, him, get it wrong so we can get him up out of here. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to get mad with this team no more because this team is not going to be here. We're going to get some players in here. Leon Rose. He's going to get some players in here. And I feel like Charles, I feel a piece of what Charles Oakley said this morning. It's going to have to come through the draft, man, because with with the foul up the other day with Spike, with how how they did Oakley, don't nobody want to come here in free agency or nothing, man. They come in here on one, they come in here on one and the possible, Larry. They don't want to come here for real. They come in here as a gateway to get tape so they can get tape with other GMs so they can get to another team. Yeah. Get Sam Presley in here, man. Get a viable basketball guy up in here. John from Freehold said it earlier. Get man, get Sam Presley before Chicago scoop him up and they start making that team a winner. You know what I'm saying, Larry? I'm telling you, the Knicks better hurry up, man. And with a little mess-ups like this with Spike, that ain't good. That ain't good for business. It ain't good for what we're trying to do. Apologize to that man and yep. let's get forward, man. You're right, Trey, and thanks for the phone call. And see, that's, that's what happens when you have um, issues like this and you're not winning. You know what I'm saying? When you're winning, nobody cares about it. Guess what? When you're winning, it don't matter what door nobody goes through. <laughs> it doesn't matter. When you're winning, all this stuff doesn't matter. It happens when you're losing. It's like an avalanche. It's a big snowball that keeps growing and growing and growing. And that's what's happened to this Nick team. And that's what's happened on the court and off the court. That's been the issue. I mean, come on. I'm sure there's, I'm sure other teams have problems. (laughs) Other teams, other bad teams have problems. It's just, it, it just, it just seems to get worse because there's nothing that's consistent to take your mind off of these little things. I mean, think about this. Like I said, they had a great win against Houston. Now, if that's if people are focused on, hey, look at this, man, another great win by the Knicks. You wouldn't be talking about this other stuff. Nobody would know. It just adds because but because you're struggling. It adds to the reason that people say, see, this is why they're struggling, because these things happen. That's why they desperately need to find a way to win. Desperately. And they need to do it real soon. <laughs> real soon. Go look at Wingo's, our morning show from 6 to 10 a.m. tomorrow. Their guests include Richard Jefferson. We'll talk about the NBA, as will Doris Burke. Rob Nikovich. He will try to, maybe he knows 
where the heck Tom Brady's going to be next season. As Brady says, when asked about, what's your free agent future? I think he knows. I, I just, it's, it's amazing to me to think that he is not, possibly not, coming back to New England. It's crazy. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones. Derek's in Harlem. Hey, Derek, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what up, Larry? What's up, partner? Um, I'm chilling. Listen, um, Justice had called early and he was talking about, you know, the talent. And, like, you and Trey are always on point and always right. You know, the Knicks, we always say that they don't have no talent in teams. But, like, even with those old teams and those, like, any championship team, you have role players that do their job. Mm-hmm. You know, Paxton and Kerr, Jordan got to the ball, they hit that open three. Blue yep. Bone, his job was to play defense and hit an open three. Robert Ory's job was to hit threes. You know, even Ray Allen, whatever role player on the championship team, they do their jobs. The Knicks, they don't have that. They don't have no talent. And even their role players, they don't do their job. And the other thing I was asking, is this like the – if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Is this like the third rebuild inside the five years? Yeah, Are you is. thinking what? Phil Jackson. Yep. And then after he left Steve Perry, yeah. and now we got Leon. So, like, yeah. how are you going to develop players when you keep switching everything up? And remember, there was a rebuild before Phil. <laughs> so, so, so that's even what? That's four. Because when you think about it, because when you th- – well, no, because when you think about it, remember – and after the, the 54 win season, the following year, they struggled. They ended up like 33 wins or something like that off the top of my head. And they didn't make uh-huh. the playoffs. And that was when Tyson Chandler was upset. We switched too much and he got shipped out. Yeah, yep. And then it was all that. So then I guess that's what led to Phil. So yeah, you're right. It's three and five. Cause that's what led to Phil. Cause, cause I remember being at the, uh, well, I was covering the Knicks then and we were in Westchester and, um, uh, they were, you know, the coach was like, listen, <laughs> Mike Woodson was saying, I, I could coach the triangle. <laughs> like, 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 don't let me go. I can, I can coach the triangle, Phil. I'll learn. I, oh, yeah. I, he, he was trying to keep his job. He was trying to keep his job. And see, here's the thing. Defensively, I mean, he held people accountable. But what happened was, Derek, if you remember, once Tyson Chandler started complaining about them switching so much, then that kind of took the shine off what he was able to do defensively. But Tyson was going downhill, too. He absolutely was. He definitely and, was. You know, he was, he was like, I'm tired of switching. And like, yeah, but you're going downhill, too. Yeah, he was bit. tired of moving. Let me, <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something about this trip thing. Yeah. Like, Scott Perry, though, they drafted him, and they gave him the extension. So mm-hmm. where's it coming from? From that he's not getting no burn. I can't. I can't figure out which, which. You know, this is a question that we talk about all the time. I mean, the producers. We sit here between the break. Like, so why aren't they playing him? Like, what is the reason why? What is the why wouldn't you play this guy because he scores? I mean, you're, it's, it's not like you're protecting him because people know what he can do. So, like, what do you what? what? That you gave him the money because he was undrafted and he was and he was scoring, and so you gave him a contract. That I, I don't understand. I don't get it either because. Really, when you think about it, him and Mitchell Robinson were the steals of the draft for for Mills and Perry, and that's what everybody was saying. Like, oh, you guys got to steal, you guys diamond in the rough and stuff like that. And then it's like, let, just let him be 
Lou Williams. What's exactly. You know, what? <laughs> listen. Nobody plays defense anyway. No, no. And, and when <laughs> you're down, and when you're down, hey Derek, when you're down seventeen, it's not a matter of defense. We need scoring. We'll worry about defense yeah. when we get under ten. <laughs> then we'll worry about stopping somebody. It's just crazy, man. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. Doug is on Long Island. Hey, Doug, you're next on 98.7. How are you, Larry? What's I'm all right, Doug. On? What's going on, partner? Um, you know, teams, sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. And Knicks, they just don't get it. You know, everybody says, you know, we got to build a winning culture. Teams need structure. Mm-hmm. And... A case in point, Phil Jackson had people working under him. They were in a draft room, and it was almost unanimous to draft Mitchell. That's who they told him to draft. But no, he had to go above the people he put under him, and he drafted Nilakina. Don't remind me. You hire people, and you you know, in business, Larry, and everything, you need structure. The The Mets don't get it. The Mets got hoodwinked by Madoff. They got hoodwinked by Van Wagenen. The Mets should have said, wow, you know this team, Tampa Bay, operates on the budget that we'd like to spend. Why don't we investigate, look into this team, maybe get somebody from this team to run our team? No. They let an agent come in and throw him a bill of sales that he would come in and he would make this team a winning club in one year. They don't know what they're doing. They may be great real estate people. They are not baseball people. Same thing with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the Knicks, mm-hmm. you can't get excited over Leon Rose. And, I, and listen, everybody says, oh, no one's coming here, no one's coming here. No one's coming here because these players gang up to build a team where they can win. They don't want to go somewhere to be that guy. They want to go where they know they can win. There's nobody here. If this team drafted Williamson, if this team had players, the next time free agents were available, they'd come here, Larry. Yep, that's true. The only thing I'll just tell you, yep. you guys are this. Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. I would give up I would give up Robinson in a second for him. Really? Michael Porter Jr., if he came out this year, he'd be the top one or two picks. I like Robinson. The game today is athletic, guys. How many teams with a center are doing it? And Mitchell Robinson, same thing with Trey. Trey comes in and has a 16, 18-point game. Everybody goes nuts. The next five to six times he plays where he's kind of selfish and he throws them up and doesn't score for a couple of games, nobody says nothing. I like them. They're nice players. They're guys that we've learned to accept. They are not winning basketball players. We have to step up and get real players here. Well, here's what I'll say, Doug. You make some interesting points. Thanks for the phone call. I will say this about Trier. If you would give me 10 or 11 games consecutively where I could watch him and see what you're talking about, then I, I, would, I might agree with you. But now I wanted to see what he learned from his first year to his second year because there's always improvement. And for me, if I could see him over a 10, this is what I know. Hey, guess what? You're going to get 10 to 15 minutes over the you tell me you'll get 10 to 15 minutes over the rest of the season. I want to see what he does. Let me see what he let me see how he performs. Then I can evaluate whether he's good or not good. He might be good in a specific role. I understand what you're saying, but for him coming off the bench, here's all I need for him to do. Score the basketball. 
That's all I need from him. I'm not asking him to be, you know, I'm not asking him to be Magic Johnson. Pass the ball, get everybody involved. All I want him to do is score. The Michael Porter, Mitchell Robinson comparison is interesting to me. But here's what I know on this team. And you're right as far as big men are concerned. But for him, he's like, he would be my Rudy Gobert. He would be a shot blocker in the middle. I'm not running plays for him. He gets balls, he gets misses off the glass. I'll live with that. If you're telling me I need Michael Porter, yes. Give me Michael Porter's ship. Let me get rid of, of Portis. Let me get rid of Randall. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Michael Porter Jr. I mean, his numbers are you know, 7.8 points per game. But he's a young guy with talent. Let me have him at the four. I'll roll with that. But I'm not ready to give up Robinson because Robinson, for me, has a niche. He's a shot-blocking guy on a team where people get past the guards constantly. Part of the reason why he's in foul trouble all the time. So I'm not ready to give up on him for that reason. He's a niche guy for me. I like what he brings to the table. I'll take Porter at the four. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. 